Welcome to the HR LND podcast, Bite Sized, the show that explores the latest trends and insights impacting people-centric leaders, human resources professionals, and learning and development specialists. With me, your host, Nick Day. These are short snippets from my main podcast show that feature expert guests sharing their knowledge and experiences to help you stay up to date with the latest best practices and strategies impacting the future world of work. Remember, if you need support recruiting talent for your HR business, please do get in touch with myself or any of my wonderful experienced recruitment colleagues at jgarecruitment.com. But for now, sit back, grab your favorite beverage, and let's get started with today's bite-sized episode. As we started on this culture journey again, we were a little bit unique because my co-founder Israel was a culture consultant, but uh, an MBA background, like very business oriented background, Lean Six Sigma training. And, and I came from engineering. Yeah. So we were two non-HR professionals, admittingly, kind of entering this very exciting HR space. And there were things kind of tenants that we took just for granted that we thought, oh, this is the way it's always been done. And there's obviously rationale behind this. So these are meant to be a little bit more provocative and like that hopefully not all your listeners agree with me here and there's a little bit of tension, but that we wanted to challenge the assumptions and challenge the status quo. So we came up with these five myths that through doing Cratic with teams, we realized weren't quite right. The first one that really kind of resonated with me personally is that it's all about employee happiness. That high employee happiness translates directly into high employee engagement. And we do not, I don't personally believe that at all anymore. If you want high employee happiness, you can put a bunch of ping pong tables in there. You can give people more time off, but that's not going to lead to career fulfillment. And that's not going to lead to engagement. And they're just as likely to leave, I think, than ever if you're really focusing on just maximizing the happiness. What's important is giving people intrinsic motivators and giving people things that matter to them, such as career fulfillment, challenging opportunities. Extrinsic motivators are also important, like salary and benefits, but intrinsic motivators are really what's going to move the dial on employee engagement. And that's something that we really focus on. And happiness is an outcome of that. If somebody has high intrinsic motivators and high employee engagement, then you're going to see happiness as an outcome, but it's not what you should be driving for. The other one that took me a while to kind of wrap my head around is that every culture is unique. So we worked with a lot of teams and different organizations. And the first thing they said is like, we're, we're unique, like we're different yeah. than the other organizations you've worked with because of X, Y, and Z. And I believed that too for a long time, that every team I was a part of was was unique. And then I really kind of looked at it from a little bit of a higher level and said, I don't believe now that humans are that different. And we all kind of want the same things in a culture. We want it to be authentic. We want to be heard. We want to be listened to. We want to be able to share our ideas. We want to be able to bring our best selves to work every day. These are common human traits and social traits that I think resonate with nearly everybody. And these are the things that we try to promote within organizations. So although I agree that an engineering team is very different than a sales team or very different than your HR team, and those are all going to have different needs, I think fundamentally humans are humans and you're going to want those same kind of motivators to exist. So that's another one that we kind of went through a bit. 
lastly, or, or one of the third ones I should say, is that it's hard to quantify the impact. Coming from engineering, this was one that probably resonated with yeah. me the most. You can quantify anything and you can make it very tangible for people and you can share those results. What's important is quantifying the right things and measuring the right things about your culture program. So for us, we look highly at employee net promoter score. How likely are your employees to recommend your organization as a place to work? And we've seen huge increases in that in just six weeks. But you can also measure things in the language, like the creativity in the language, the curiosity in the language, if the diversity and inclusion in the language that people are using in the organization. So for the first time in history, because of technology, if you can actually look at your values as an organization, let's say curiosity is one of your values, does that align with how people are talking in your organization? And yeah. is the language that they use actually displaying curiosity as a trait? The last two quickly, and I'll just kind of talk about them, is culture starts with the CEO. I personally have never been a part of the team direct with the CEO other than my Cratic team now, but there's just Israel and I, so we're, we're definitely a little <laughs> small team. Um, but the, you know, the team and the people that you work with most in that 40 hour week are going to be your culture. Yeah. Of course, the CEO is kind of like the sail or the wind, and they're going to be guiding kind of the strategy and helping form some of that culture. But really your team, the people you work with most are going to have the largest impact on that. It takes a lot of work to have a great culture. We think that's absolutely a myth. If you have a great culture, it feels nothing like work. What takes a lot of work is a bad culture. It's tough to bring your best self in every day um, in a toxic environment or in an environment that you don't want to be a part of. That takes a lot of work. But if you have a good culture, again, that you feel listened, heard, openness, you know, valuing you as an individual, then that's actually going to be quite easy. I hope you enjoyed today's bite-sized edition of the HR L&D podcast. Remember to subscribe to the show, share it with all of your HR colleagues and friends, and why not also check out some of our previous episodes for more golden nuggets that may just help you along in your own people career journey. For now, I'm Nick Day, and you'll be listening to the HR L&D podcast, Bite-sized.